Hello and welcome to the Troopany Show. My name's James Troopany and this is my show. Two things before we start. First of all, probably not going to be the normal intro. Um, my usual editing computer is at work at the moment because of an IT snafu. So I'm borrowing my partner's Apple Mac, so it might sound fancy and flash by the end of the day, but it won't sound like a normal Troopany show. We will figure it all out in due course. Secondly, I have a bad cold, so if I sound a bit distant and awful, it's because I am in fact distant and awful. But today, we are looking at World Tag League from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and to join me on this journey of tag wrestling is Mr. Marcus Green of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. Glad to be back and uh, talking about closing out this great tournament with you, uh, going into one of the biggest shows of the year. We're probably going to, once again, showcase uh, the best wrestling to kick off the uh, new year. So, Yes, definitely. So uh, we're going to have a good time with this because this was a, a pretty impressive card, it has to be said, on the final night. Now, we haven't covered the whole tournament. But to be fair to us, we covered the whole of the New Japan Cup and we covered the whole of the G1. Uh, we didn't cover the whole of Best of Super Juniors and we didn't cover the whole of the Tag League, Junior Tag League. We tried our best to cover everything we can, but there comes a point where we just have to say, it's Christmas, we've got stuff to do and we can't cover everything. I cannot physically watch all those matches. And it was a long-ass tour, uh, let's be honest. It was This was night 17, so it's nearly as long as the G1. And there were some big old matches in this. So... Shall we start with match one? Well, let's start with the overall view. Have you watched World Tag League at all, Marcus, either? Or have you just been catching up with the big events? Well, like you, I've been catching up with the big events. Um, like you said, it's uh, it's a long-ass tour, I think. Um, Kevin Kelly said it's like uh, three weeks with uh, over 100 and some odd matches. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is a, a more than a plethora of uh, content to watch. Um, but... Nevertheless, another great tournament by New Japan, and uh, you know whether it's uh, what we choose to watch or what we choose to cover, we we try to get to the meat and potatoes overall. And uh, I think this night, this final night, was was an overall good showcase of what the tournament has been, the storylines that have been building up throughout, and uh, you know, kind of look to where things can go for for a lot of these guys. But I think it was a solid tournament overall, and I, um, I think the most surprising thing for me as we'll get into it is uh, some of the combinations they got put together and how they. They kind of fared, even even if they didn't have the most amount of points. Yes, uh, definitely. Right then, first match was Manubi Nakanishi and Nuji Nagata versus Tenkoji. That's Hiroshi Tenzan and Satoshi Kajima. Obviously, for both former IWGP tag team champions, having kind of like their big tournament of the year because none of them do the G1 anymore because it's a bit bit beyond them now. They might might have a run out in the New Japan Cup. In fact, Kajima did this year. Nine minutes and 49 seconds of good old-fashioned tag team wrestling with a bit of stiffness. They kind of put some effort in. Nakanishi was really trying. This is <laughs> the most effort yeah. I've seen for in ages. And uh, Tenkozi looked really good as well. Uh, they do really try and put some effort in, in the World Tag League because it's their big show of the year. And obviously Tenkozi are one of the most successful, the most successful tag team in New Japan Pro Wrestling history. Uh, they are living legends. And one of the teams they beat for those titles, or actually one of the teams that beat them for those titles, was, of course, Nakanishi and Yuji Nagata. So what's your first thoughts on this opener with the elder statesman of the third generation? I dug it. I like it. I always like seeing these legends get out there and uh, do their thing because um, they could go with the best of them. Um, and it, I mean, who who doesn't root for Nagata uh, whenever they see him? And, and, and I actually really like the, the tag team of uh, Kojima and Tenzan. So like you said, Nakanishi, Really came out there and, and showed and proved. Um, but yeah, it was just a solid, really, you know, good open. Like you say, these guys go out there and, you know, put the effort in because they don't, you know, do the G1. I mean, they put enough time in. These guys, like you said, are legends. Um, so, you know, to see them uh, here, like you said, uh, not too long, not too short, just just good enough to, you know, really uh, just remind you of who these guys are. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So Nakanishi and Nagata ended the tournament on four points. Kento and Koji ended the tournament on eight points. Not a bad showing for the third generation. Next up was Colt Cabana and Toriyano in this Ring of Honor slash Chaos joint team against Bullet Club. And that would be Chase Owens and your bad luck Farley. The Rogue General and Chase Owens put in a sterling tag team performance as usual. Chase Owens, I still think, is the best individual tag wrestler in the world right now. 
uh, Jeff Cobb, uh, sorry, uh, Colt Cabana and Torriano offering very much value for money when it came to entertainment. Uh, a lot of fun. Again, nine minutes and 56 seconds with, you know, Chase going, this is a serious deal, and then cheating very badly. <laughs> it was just fun. It was just like, it was comedy wrestling at its very best. And of course, Farley and Chase Owens, well, Chase being a Southern style wrestler, knows exactly how to make this stuff work. Him and Colt are a, a genius together. I wouldn't mind seeing Chase Owens versus Colt Cabana as a singles match, actually. I think that'd be really interesting. Anyone wants to book that anywhere? New Japan? In the next New Japan Cup? Oh, I think they did it last year, but do it again. It was fun. Uh, and yeah, uh, Toriano's Toriano. 18 points for Toriano and Colt Cabana. 12 for Chase and Bad Luck Farley. Your thoughts, Marcus? Well, like you said, you kind of you kind of know what you're in for when you pass somebody like Yano and Colt Cabana, but I think they make a, a just a highly unique uh, pang, and I think their comedy ends up coming out uh, both of them for the better of it. I mean, obviously, of all the four guys in the situation, Fale is having none of it um, <laughs> at all, ever, which is always uh, fun because he legitimately is that wall in every sense of the word. And like you said, Chase Owens is, a, you know, we can't praise him and, and, and uh, another young man and that we'll get to later on enough. But uh, yeah, this was fun. These kind of clashes are always fun. Uh, you know, Cabana getting the, the I think that, that was the Superman pin he's, he's becoming known for, which I actually don't mind. I actually dig it. Um, but yeah, this this didn't last too long. It got in the, the, its spots here and there, the common spots that it's that you could come and expect for these guys. So yeah, um, you know I think y'all know and, and Cabana gonna be a, a team, a favorite team to watch years to come. So. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they develop if they continue. Carl Cabana left Ring of Honor this weekend. Um, his contract was up and decided not to re-sign. I was wondering if he's going to do. NWA permanently, or maybe has an offer to do commentary somewhere else, perhaps in a Florida-based promotion with some friends of his. I don't know, uh, but we'll see, undoubtedly. Wherever he goes, I know it'll be on a handshake deal because he's renowned for not signing a contract. So we'll see who's uh, going to be good for him. Anyway, next matchup was Jeff Cobb and Mad Mikey Nichols of Chaos. They've been tagging together throughout this tournament. Cobb and Nichols are actually making pretty good tandem, to be honest with you. I thought that was very interesting. And they went up against the Los, An- Los Ignorables de Japón pairing, or the Los Ignorables pairing, I should say, of El Terrible and Shingo Takagi. Uh, they scored 12 points. Mad Mikey Nichols and Jeff Cobb went in on 16 points. Nine minutes and 31 seconds. Terrible and Shingo Takagi are very well matched in the sense of they're kind of older guys who are a bit thick and a bit heavy-handed and kind of do things in a very methodical way. I thought they matched really, really well. And Terrible looks like a crazy person a lot of the time. I admire that a lot. Also, Terrible, the only person to be a member of Liz Ignorables and Bullet Club. Anyway, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Wow, that has to be unique. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some unique forms when he's filling out his, uh, his faction taxes at, uh, every year. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, I, I you know um, I've not gotten to see a lot of uh, Terrible, and um, it was cool to see uh, Nichols again. Hopefully, we get to see more of him. I think him and Cobb, you know, a unique uh, situation, and it was good seeing Cobb again too. After uh, I think he you know had eventually had dropped a strap, and then he's kind of tapered off a little bit. But it was cool seeing those parents. Shingo's another guy I've been you know hugely. Uh, I'm a huge fan of. Seems like he's tapered off a little bit. I know he got hot in the G1 and had some stuff here and there. And I've absolutely slew of matches of the year. So um, maybe this is something, you know, to look forward to down the line. And, you know, maybe in the tag title pitch or something. But, yeah, I dug these teams. Like you said, Terrible is uh, just a very menacing-looking guy at points. So I think he plays off Shingo well, who, who's an elder statesman, but there's certainly nobody to play around with. So. Actually, Doug, this combination here, uh, solid, solid uh, ending, and you know Cobb and Nichols got the win, but uh, yeah, I think I think they uh, closed things out well here. Uh, just of just out of interest for you from last night, uh, Roosh, formerly of Los Ignorables in CMLL, made his AAA appearance, like the first AAA appearance last night, and presumably they didn't copyright Los Ignorables in CMLL because they've actually started Los Ignorables in AAA. With uh, Roosh, La Park, and Killer Cross. 
Oh, that's great. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Because uh, Rusha will drop to the uh, Ring of Honor World Championship the other night, too. I can't remember who he lost it to. Who did he drop the Ring of Honor World Championship? It was... Um... Oh, PCO, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it was. Yeah. I'm, I'm slightly... Bizarre, find it bizarre that they drop it to, it drops it to PCO, to be honest with you, because I thought Mike Skull would be the obvious thing, but Mike Skull turned up in the NWA last night. So there you go. It's <laughs> all <laughs> so changed, because Skull's um, contract has run out with Ring of Honor. It was blindingly obvious he was leaving after a bunch of allies have all been fired, and the, the only guys in the office can't stand him, and he's been left out of a bunch of photos lately. So I thought he would end up going somewhere else, going to AEW, but ended up in Ring of Honor. Having said that, Ring of uh, sorry, Ring of Honor in the NWA. Having said that, the NWA will probably let him wrestle for AEW. So there you go. Anywho, we'll move on. Uh, from once we got that, the politics of indie wrestling in North America. Where are we? Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toa Henry in a tidy little outfit took on other mid card finishers, Hiroki Goto and Carl Fredericks. Both teams ended up on six points each. Ten minutes and fifteen seconds. Toa Henry looking pretty ripped and ready to rock these days. He's dropped a lot of weight and he looks a lot better for it. Not sure he's going to get a push anytime soon. And he needs to get his skates on, really. I don't know where he finds the X Factor from, though. Do you, Marcus? No, I don't. Uh, but I must say, it felt like he was chanting some uh, Ishii here. Uh, yeah. Some of the veracity, the moves, the close lines. It was just good to see. He's another guy who kind of could get lost in the shuffle at times. You can kind of forget about um, just because it's just so the talent is just so stacked and consistent in New Japan. But uh, like you say, he's looking jacked, um, and it's just good to see. I mean, this is I think more so uh, than anything else. This is a tournament where guys like him, Carl Fredericks, um, and you know Nichols and others have a real chance to shine. Uh, you know, a situation like this, specifically going against somebody like Goto and and Frederick. So it was cool to see him. You know, obviously tag with the legend Tanahashi and and, uh, and do his thing. And and it's apparently he's been you know really killing it all. You know, turning along, which is cool. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully he can uh, keep this momentum up because uh, even with everything he did in this match, it, it kind of <laughs> you can kind of forget about it with everything that ended up happening towards the end. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I mean, as well, Hiroki Goto and Carl Fredericks. Carl Fredericks looks really good. Yeah. In and um, he looks really good generally. Obviously, um, Young Lions Cup winner. Um, he's a strong contender if they do anything more with him. I'm wondering, how do they send him on an excursion if he already is in America? That would be interesting. I don't know what happens with him. Sending him on an excursion to somewhere else, I guess. To, I guess he's off to CMLL or something. So I don't know. We'll see. But yes, Carl Fredericks could be really exceptional. And Hiroki Goto is being Hiroki Goto in his usual style. Uh, but tagging with a rookie will do you not much good as far as wins is concerned, unfortunately, for him. <laughs> okay, then we moved on to the next match, which was Suzuki Gun. Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki defeated Kenta and Yujiro Takahashi in 10, 11 minutes and 24 seconds of pain. Just pain. Yujiro Takahashi was the only person who sold anything for 16 minutes in this match. Nobody else had their facial expression state remain stoic as they hurt each other quite a lot. Your thoughts, Marcus? Yeah, um, I think, uh, <laughs> did he come out with Peter here? Yeah, they did because Minoru Suzuki chased Peter around the ring at one point. Yeah, I had, I had to make sure because that was that was part of the only time I was smiling. Uh, not because <laughs> it wasn't a good affair, but because everything like you felt it, it hurt. Like, I, some of these matches I have to get icy hot for just to sit down with even though I don't need it. Um, <laughs> it's a concept of Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki, specifically the mindset that Lance Archer's been in these days is just terrifying. And, um, you know, and, and, with, and with Mr. Kick Your Head Off Kenta, um, yeah, I mean, this this was just, this match was just set up for pain. Uh, God bless you, Jero. Um <laughs> Yeah, this was, this was, this was you know, uh, Suzuki and Archer. I hope, hope to see them as a tag team going forward. I mean, Suzuki with Archer, Suzuki with Zack Sabre Jr. I mean, that's enough of a nightmare. You're pairing with somebody who's much of a wild card, almost as he is in terms of mindset. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's terrifying. But this was a good pairing. Um, <laughs> poor Archer killed Yujiro with that doggone claw to get the win. Um, 
again, God bless you, Jero, uh, and then uh, even more mayhem ensued. Yeah, Yujiro was the babyface by default in this. and uh, they, He lost in usual Lance Harter's Archer's subtle style of being lifted and then pinned with the everybody dies claw. Um, but, however, that was not the end of, that was not the complete end of the business. Because after the match, a graphic came on the screen and John Moxley, the Death Rider, came down to challenge Lance Archer at Wrestle Kingdom for the US Heavyweight Championship. What's your thoughts on this matchup, Marcus? I like it. I like it. Um, and and kind of picking up back off some of that momentum because it would have been easy to with everything that that Boxer's got going on just business wise elsewhere to kind of just uh almost sweep under the rug that he uh, kind of unceremoniously uh, had to uh, relinquish the title back and then obviously we got a new champion out of it. Um, so I'm glad that you know we're bringing that that whole thing back in and you know Mox is hot right now and. Pairing somebody again with his mindset against somebody like Archer, who was on a completely different level, feels like right now. A Texas death match, which again is in the realm of Mox. This may not be, again, uh, your by forte when it comes to a lot of these straight up and down matches, but um, just the, the sheer potential for chaos, along with the implications going into Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I think I think it brings this whole thing full circles, particularly for one guy that it could benefit by the time we get to the end of Wrestle Kingdom. So, looking forward to it. We shall see. The uh, by the way, a Texas Death Match for those of you who don't know is that the one person has to pin the other person, and then there is a ten count, and somebody has to answer the ten count. So it could be a very interesting way of delivering the results. Probably the most famous Texas death match was Mike DiBiase. That's the Million Dollar Man's dad wrestled Dory Funk Senior for four hours in a Texas death match one night, which will tell you uh, back in the history of Al Marillo wrestling, which was a very famous wrestling night. Uh, Terry Funk talks about it on the Art of Wrestling podcast, and you should go and listen to the Terry Funk. It's very interesting. But anyway, uh, yeah, so that's going to be one of the big matches for Wrestle Kingdom, so we shall see. The next match on the card was a non-champion, non-tournament match which pitted Jushin Thunder Liger, Kota Ibushi, and Tiger Mask against the Chaos team of Kazuchika Okada, Sho, and Yo. 12 minutes and 35 seconds of mind games between Okada and Ibushi, and boy, does this whet the appetite for that Wrestle Kingdom main event on January the 4th. Yeah, uh, Ibushi uh, no longer has any uh, any Fs to give <laughs> about going <laughs> to this match. He's tired of the, 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 the drop kicking and the waiting and this, that, and the third. And yeah, he certainly made a statement here. Um, but even before that, just like you said, the mind games, the um, uh, the, the kind of teasing and, and uh, on April with Juice and Thunder Liger, who, who we know is uh, uh, culminating to his his retirement, and then. Um, I was even surprised at just how much fired up Tiger Mask got here. You know, he really showed up, <laughs> showed up in some fun ways. Um, but yeah, it, it really was about obviously Ibushi and Okada and, and doing that thing and Ibushi having to make a statement both in and apparently after the match. So uh, yeah, like you said, it definitely was just what happens because Okada's the non-moving variable. So it's going to take somebody like Ibushi elevating himself um the the you know finally topple this titan i don't think doing it the way he's gonna that he did it here in the match is gonna get that done at that could lead to a dq but um yeah i, de- I definitely dig the turn up and aggression for abushi it's, it's necessary now yeah it, it's it's part of the storytelling and you know we've only got two days we've got two or three weeks left for this big main event so this was one of their last chances before the road to Wrestle Kingdom tour started and uh, the big blow-off nights we've got on January the 4th, the 5th and 6th. New Year's Dash will be on the 6th this year. There's two nights of Wrestle Kingdom on the 4th and the 5th. So yeah, this was going to be uh, this was going to be uh, a big ask to try and put this story move forward, but it certainly moves the story forward. Okada's kind of treating Ibushi with a little bit of disrespect and that's just enough to push Ibushi's buttons and Ibushi's reacting in a very cool way, but it's kind of like Okada is kind of looks very much in control of the situation as you would expect the champion to be. This is his office. Tokyo Dome is his playground, and Ibushi has to raise to Okada's game. 
Right then, we move on to the next matchup, which was the first of the last two matches in the World Tag League, and it was the last opportunity for Gorillas of Destiny to win a tournament, which has eluded them uh, for the last three years. They've been IWGP Tag Team Champions five times. They've been to the final of the Tag League. Now, in previous years, we've had semi-finals and finals, but this year, it was just one straight-up match for the winner. It was all based on points, one big block, no block versus block this year. So it was all on league wins. And the first four, the last three teams who could win, or the last four teams who could go into it with any chance of affecting a result, was Tom Hiroishi and Yoshihashi. They had 20 points going into the final, so they couldn't win. But they could beat Tamatonga and Tangaloa on 24 points, which would have given the winning opportunity to either Finjuice or to Los Ignorables. As it turned out, that's what happened. Yoshihashi and Ishii took the Gorillas of Destiny to the limit in 16 minutes and 43 seconds of an outstanding tag team match. Um, it was really, really, really good. I have to say that. And it kind of just showed how much Gorillas of Destiny have grown. You don't see them lose very often, but even when they lose, they get something out of it. Um, and that's what was brilliant about this particular matchup. Ishii and Yoshihashi are a stunning tag team. Um, and I would like to see more of them, please, uh, throughout the next year. You know, the heavyweight division, tag team division in New Japan gets a lot of stick. But with teams like this, they shouldn't do. This was excellent. It was just a different style. It's not what people are used to. We're used to tag teams doing flashy maneuvers and ridiculous finishes. But this was more about telling a long-term story between two professional-level teams. What are your thoughts on this, Marcus? I 100% agree with you. I mean, and I think this uh, even better um, just felt like a culmination of everything we've been seeing from these teams throughout the year. Uh, specifically recently because, you know, uh, Tonga and Loa have been kind of a thorn and, and Ishii and Hashi sad. And, um, you know, we kind of talked about it on a previous show that, you know, I think Hashi, who, can, again, is another man that can kind of get off the show, uh, has really benefited. You feel like he's elevated his game being on the side of Ishii, which you think about, like, how could you not? So, um, and that kind of almost felt like the story of the match. Obviously, Ishii had a um, he was, uh, had a target on him with, with his knee, uh, which apparently he's uh, been suffering from since before the tournament. But obviously that was a huge target for, you know, Tong and Loa. And it almost came, like, down to, like, oh, God, how she don't mess this up. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but he showed and proved, you know, like, um, like, like we talked about previously with other guys just really turning, elevating themselves in this tournament. He really showed and proved, and they, and they got it done. And, I mean, it really felt like, you know, uh, wasn't this definitive dominant when they, they literally had to, you know, uh, almost uh, get away with a bit of highway robbery in terms of just how fast that pin happened and shocking Tonga and Lowell, who, again, telling that great narrative, these guys are always in the driver's seat but can never get to that final destination when it yeah. comes to tournaments. So that's an ongoing thing. You even heard, you know, I think, Tonga after he was like, "Man, just f this!" Like he just, they just, they're tired of. It. So that's still gonna be ongoing. But it, it felt it was a it was a feel good win for Hashi and, and Ishii, specifically for Hashi, who uh, doesn't necessarily have just uh, a long list of a big highlight moments. So it was cool to see that. And like you said, you know, even if they're not uh, in the in the victory, getting the victory lap, long Tonga and uh, Tama find some way to. You know how to just dessert, so we'll see. And you got to look at it also. Freaking Ishii and, and Hashi was at a man of uh, disadvantage, it, it was technically a handicap match, and they and they overcame that as always. So, yeah, that's that's that was such a brilliant story about it. And they do so well with booking these tournaments, so that people get advancement. You know, Ishii at disadvantage is a dangerous character, we know that. So, you know, him having a, a duff leg isn't going to slow him down, it actually possibly makes him better. You know, so it, it was interesting how they told that story. Tangalo and Tanga, Tangatonga are just outstanding as a tag team. One of my tag teams of the year. And yeah, it, it's, it was phenomenal to watch them. Uh, it really was. Which left us with the two finalists, Finjuice, Dave Finley, and you probably sorry, David Finley the fourth. Let us be correct. Four generations of David Finley. Um, they took on Evil and Sonata in the last match of the tournament. And they beat Evil and Sonata. I know it's about very far than I mark out, but watching Dave Finley get a pin over uh, Evil in this match, I actually went, yelled, yes, 
to do my breath because I was on the bus at eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> just to make sure people didn't go weird at me. But 24 minutes and one second, if easily Dave Finley's best ever match, possibly Juice Robinson's best ever match, maybe the best tag match involving Finn Juice I've ever seen, arguably one of the best matches that Evil and Sonata have ever had. This was outstanding. It was breathtaking to watch. It really drew you in. You really were pulling for the underdogs in Finn Juice by the end. Dave Finley's ability to sell everything. And it was so important that Dave Finley got the pin because he'd been on the shelf for nine months. He'd never won a big tournament before. He's had one championship run with the never open weight six months, which lasts about three weeks. So this was a big, big moment for his career. And then after that stretcher job he did to Lance Armstrong, uh, King of Pro Wrestling, um, or sorry, uh, Power Struggle, then he needed to have a strong finish in this particular tournament and this particular match. They were on fire in this tournament. They owned this tournament. They traced, they managed to get their way to the final in fine style and then pulled out this victory of one of the best tag teams in New Japan Pro Wrestling in the last three years. And it cements them as a top tier, top tier tag team and two big draws for the New Japan tag division. And they challenge the Gorillas at Destiny at Wrestle Kingdom. So that will be something to see. What are your thoughts on this match, Marcus? This final and Finn Juice as they go forward. Oh man, I don't know if I can put it any better. That was that was uh, excellent. Um, I hope they hear that. By the way, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean this 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 hands down is probably one of my favorite feel good moments of the year in wrestling. Um, you know, just to watch. I mean, you, anybody that listens knows we huge fans here, Juice and David specifically, David, because we've been calling for him to have moments like this for a while because we've always seen the potential. Uh, but it's even better to see somebody fulfill that. And, and, you know, kudos to the commentary team for kind of pointing that out. Just what's been, you know, Dave Finley, Finley's journey, talking about the stuff with the dojo and, you know, even the Sonata have come together, uh, you know, through their singles rise and have come together to form this phenomenal tag team that's been so consistent, specifically over this tournament. But Robinson and Finley formed this, uh, their team off of friendship and they really scratched, clawed, and, and, you know, really grinded their way through. And uh, now they struck gold. I mean, and, and telling that whole side with Finley, like, you know, obviously he's the son of one of the most notable, respected guys in the business, and Fit Finley, who was an absolute legend. Um, but, but you know, maybe a time where Finley may have been kind of riding off uh, some of the steam of his dad and maybe being more lighter at times when he should have been serious and then going down with that injury and then using that as momentum to propel him uh to get more serious. And you see that here, like you said, he firing up and, and just looking phenomenal, more aggressive. And uh, he had me worried at points because it seemed like Finn was more, not Finn, but um, Juice was more reticent to get those quick covers and, and Finley was still screaming at times. And I was like, damn it, get to get to get them in because Evil and Sonata, they're the bosses. Like they're the, the big bosses that you hate to have to get to at the end of the video game that you've been playing forever long. <laughs> Um, these are guys that, man, I don't know if I can get it, but I can get, I got to get back to this level. So, like you said, it was just a phenomenal match. Um, telling that story, um, specifically, you know, uh, you know, Finley and, and Juice hitting everything that they've done in matches to win previously in this tournament. And then just that shot of the skull in and the scorpion death drop at the same time as they're just struggling. You think it's over. And then obviously Sonata abandons it goes up top and then lands on the knees. It was just phenomenal. You know, you watch, this is a great execution of a proper tag team match with, you know, great moves and story and everything that you want to see uh, involved. And like I said, it's that feel good moment with them getting the victory. You know, Kevin Kelly saying, you're done good kid. And the the cherry on top, the coup de gras, if you will, with the, with the guys in the back coming out, giving that nod to these guys who absolutely deserve it. Specifically, you know, Finn who's been waiting on a moment like this for a long, long time. So, like I said, this hands down one of the probably the most uh, feel-good moments in, in wrestling this year for me, anyway. Definitely. This was outstanding, and I can't wait to see what happens at Wrestle Kingdom. I want to see them in the Grills of Destiny so bad. It's going to be amazing. And just to point out, you listen to the announcements when they first started, Finn, Dave Finley got a pop, but it wasn't the pop that Juice Robinson got. He got a pop, and it wasn't the pop that Sonata and Evil got. It was a pop. But you listened to the crowd roar when he got the three count. He brought them over in 25 minutes to his way of thinking. And that 
is an impressive thing to do in 25 minutes. And it's something I've seen his dad do and I've seen him do it. So I know it can be done and he will do it again. He's going to be a big name now. Um, but let's hope he can keep that momentum together. Right then. That kind of covers our coverage for Road the World Tag League. But let us move on to Wrestle Kingdom. We're going to outline all the matches and do our preview show uh, because we kind of want to start talking about it. And I might not get a chance to talk about this again with Marcus before actual Wrestle Kingdom. So we will go through all the matches of the two nights right now to see how you feel about them. We start on night one. That's on the 4th of January. It opens with the first leg of Jushin Thunder Liger's retirement uh, tour of three nights. Jushin Liger, Tatsumi the Dragon Fujinami, back in New Japan for the first time in God knows how long, former current WWE Hall of Famer. The great Sasuke, last seen this weekend coming off the top rope at an indie show whilst wearing a barrel. And Tiger Mask with El Samurai. Samurai being Liger's uh, longtime tag team partner and former nemesis. Uh, they will wrestle in, a, yeah, by the way, that's one team. They will wrestle in AQ Stano. The um, wrestle, uh, sorry, the Zero Wrestling uh, owner Shinjiro Itani, one of Liger's great uh, rivals. Tatsushi Takawaya, another rival of Liger. And of course, Yuraisuke Taguchi. It will be accompanied by Kinyaki Kobayashi, who was in Liger's first match as Jushin Thunder Liger. What are your thoughts on this, Mark? Yeah. Oh, by your. We've got Norio Hanaga, uh, another longtime junior friend, junior friend, wrestler, junior heavyweight wrestler, and long friend, time friend of Liger, will be special referee. Apologies. Carry on. No, no. I mean, that's, I mean, that's great. I mean, I think uh, just, I mean, that's half the draw with, with this, you know, Russell Kingdom, um, besides the, the other phenomenal stuff that's that's down the card. But, you know, this this is the, you know, the last stretch for, for this legend. And, you know, to see him, and this match surrounded by his friends and guys he's had just so much history with, you know, these other legends and such. Um, it, it's just good. I mean, even the, like you said, the referee has history with the guy. So it just feels like um, uh, just a really great full circle moment. And it's going to be uh, just cool to see that. I'm not looking for this to, you know, be no five-star classic or anything. It don't need to be. You know, it's just because uh, like I have some other stuff to do on this show. Um, but, you know, it's just good to see, you know, guys uh, really just send a friend out the right way. I think another great feel-good moment uh, this year was, uh, I think, seeing Red Shoes tag Torre the way they sent him off. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, you know, if nothing else, New Japan always does right by, you know, these guys on, on the way uh, to the next phase of their life. So, um, in terms of post-wrestling, anyway. Um, so, it's just going to be good to see, you know, uh, the historical content. Uh, told both in the ring and on commentary with his match and just see, you know, like it to go out in a good way. Yeah, yeah, good. Next, we have a couple of faction matches. Uh, Evil, Sonata, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi from LIJ will take on Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., and El Desperado in an eight-man eight tag. Kind of sets up Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the next night. Your thoughts? Well, like you said, it's a clear up uh, faction match. We'll be. Uh... Setting up things for the next night. Uh, it almost feels like Suzuki gun may be at a man disadvantage because there's a guy with a T in his name on there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but when you got Minoru and Sack Sabre Jr., I mean, let's be honest, you, you almost need two. No shot at Desperado, but those those, those are the uh, terrible hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I would take Despi over Tai Chi any day of the week. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um but yeah, like you said, it's a good stuff. Uh, facts. I mean, I mean, we really just got Lij back uh, in full effect with, with Hiromu back. So um, it'll be cool that we, you know, for the night, so we get get all those guys in the ring because one of the best things to see when he was out was them constantly giving him shout outs when they came to get in the ring. So, um, but yeah, Lij is in, in full effect. So we'll see who uh, who comes out on top throughout the night. Yeah. Next up. The classic pairing of Bullet Club versus Chaos, Bullet Club, Bad Luck Farley, Chase Owens, Kenta and Yujiro Takahashi versus Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Toriyano and Yoshihashi. Uh, again, just like the long-term rivalry between Bullet Club and Chaos, the never-ending story, Will, um, continues at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and this is for, for, <laughs> from me, for James, you give Yano the win. This is, <laughs> let him sneak one on on Fale and let him just run. 
<laughs> All right. The next matchup, as we get to the serious business of Wrestle Kingdom, is for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Gorillas of Destiny, the current champions, defend against World Tag League champions Finn Juice, Juice Robinson, and Dave Finlay. Do we have a prediction, sir? You know what? I'm a G O D uh, guy through and through, but I got to go with uh, Finn Juice to continue that momentum, man. Um, you're looking at this car. You're looking at this this whole stretch throughout the month. This could be a huge end of the year for Juice. Yeah, uh, yeah. When you look at this and, and the rest of this card, and uh, again, it will be good to finally see uh, Finley uh, with some more gold, you know. Um, like you said, he had an unceremonious, uh, what that was, triple triple run. So this would be really good, specifically continuing off that momentum out of the tournament. With two great trophies, by the way. Love those uh, trophies. That was not, uh, yeah. But yeah, but again, and this is the great thing about G.O.D. Even when they've not been champions, they've still been able to keep momentum. Those guys just, uh, you know, they, 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 they got their swag down and pat. But I think this would be a really good uh, time to, to finally, you know, pull the trigger and, and put it on somebody like Juice and Finn. And let's see what these boys got, you know. Okay, then. The next matchup would be Lance Archer versus John Moxley for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship in a Texas death match. A little bit of Amarillo in your Tokyo Dome. This will kind of throw back to Stan Hansen and Terry Funk and Dory Funk Jr. And I guess it's there to pop the American fans and North American fans who are watching on uh, New Japan World. Your thoughts on this matchup? No, oh, I dig it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I haven't seen a, a death match in the Wild Texas death match, although I've, I feel like I've seen just a slew of potential legitimate death matches involving Moxley over the last few Um Months, but uh, I, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Archer for this one, uh, just because I like I said, I liked everything he's been doing, really feel like he's turned up to another level, uh, post uh, in this tag team running, and you know, he really picked things up when he had to, to beat uh, Juice for, for the strap. And with either victory here, you know, there's obviously a continued way story to be telling, um, as you know, the victor has to go on to another match. But uh, I would like to see Archer, you know, have a longer reign. So I'm going to go with him. That's fair enough. I mean, you know, Moxley doesn't have to take the title back straight away. He is, of course, the former champion who never lost the belt because he uh, had played trouble at Power Struggle and had to, well, not Power Struggle, at uh, King of Pro Wrestling, couldn't defend the championship. And Lance Archer defeated uh, Juice Robinson in a match for the championship. So... Yes, I guess we will see. I'm kind of erring towards Moxley for the obvious reasons. He's been yeah. booked for a reason. Um, but I agree with you. I think Archer would make a great US champion long term. But I kind of I kind of want Archer to win it, but I think Moxley will. All right, then. Next matchup is William Ospreay of your Chaos versus Hiromo Takahashi of your LIJ for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship perhaps the most looked forward to and talked about match on this particular card. Can Hiromo come back and cut it at the same level he was at when he left nearly 18 months ago? And can Will Ospreay continue this purple patch of junior heavyweight stardom that he's had? Bear in mind, 12 months ago, he was wrestling Kotrobushi in that breathtaking match that, well, cost Kotrobushi a concussion and two months off. Uh, but they had an absolute blinder. And he's been on fire ever since. This is Osprey's best year in his wrestling. And uh, some people, including our very own Mo Chatra, believe this is one of those Ric Flair, Harley Race, uh, Jaggy Yukota, Minami Toyota kind of things going on. What are your thoughts on this, Marcus? And who comes out with the belt? Who comes out with the gold? Uh, certainly a match that I, I, I mean, I always look forward to these junior heavyweight matches. Uh, you know, even in New Japan, it feels like. Uh... You know, going into it, it may be undersold because of the stuff that that's uh, you know further down the card. But you know, the, the juniors always over deliver, and like you said, this is a banner year for Osprey. Um, definitely was a candidate uh, for rest of the year on my list. Um, but um, yeah, I just it's gonna be so doggone good to see Hiromu back. He's one of those guys like you don't know how much you missed him until you see him again. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, just God, God bless the guy because the situation with him could have been a lot worse than what it was. Thankfully, it wasn't. And uh, it's just going to be good to have him back in there doing what he's, you know, doing, going for the title that, you know, he's uh, 
more or less been synonymous with. And I'm looking forward to him turning up with Osprey as far as Victor goes, however. Oh, man. Um, I think, I think I'm going to go with Hiromu to get the upset. I know uh, Osprey, like you said, Diana, yeah, this guy's been phenomenal uh, with the evolution we've seen with him. But uh, I think Hiromu could come back and pull it out. Uh, whether he can do what he had done before he got injured, uh, well, I guess we're going to see. But it's I, I can't. It's hard for me to doubt Hiromu because I've just seen this guy. I mean, when I first seen him, it was in Ring of Honor. I'm like, who in the hell is this little guy with this weird-looking hair? <laughs> this odd disposition, and then he's just grown. I mean, you know, grown, and obviously in terms of his rise in New Japan and, and the fact that he's gotten – uh, a completely different character over in a cat. And that's been an ongoing storyline going for however long. And just that whole thing when this just I means classic wrestling. But uh yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go with Aroma for this one. Fair enough. All right then. The net, well I, I my prediction, I think Aroma as well, because obviously it's the big comeback, it'd be the baby face thing to do. And I think Will's done his thing. I think Will should be moving up to heavyweight sooner rather than later. And I don't think he needs another junior heavyweight run. So yeah. we'll see how he grows this year. But I think, um, yeah, Will's got some growing to do physically to make it as a heavyweight. But I don't think that's impossible. And Romo is going to be a junior for his whole career. He won't move up to heavyweight. So I think, you know, Will Ospreay in the New Japan Cup this year would be something else to see. So I think it's probably going to be Romo. The next night match would be Jay White versus Tetsuya Nato for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Jay White is the current champion. He's been talking double titles, and whenever he says something, it usually comes true. Nato is the former Intercontinental Champion. He was the first person to really talk about double championships in New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is all about what Night 2 is about. Who goes into Night 2 as Intercontinental Champion then, Marcus? I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a go with, uh, even though I've not uh, been the, the loudest in particular over time in the Naito cheering section, I'm going to go with Naito here. Um, you know, there, there's an undercurrent storyline going on with Naito, as we've talked about for the longest now, that fans primarily have been waiting for him to, to climb back to those ranks to the top. And it kind of seems like the, um, they've, they've almost kept him in a holding pattern in sorts uh with the Intercontinental Championship. Um, and like every time he potentially could get back into that world heavyweight, something that stalled him or uh, taking him off course, but this could very much well put him back in the driver's seat and even to greater heights. So um, as much as I'm uh, trepidation, because like you said, anytime Jay White has said something, it has literally come true. Um, and we've seen him grow, uh, you know, with some stellar matches. I'm going to go with Naito. That's interesting. I'm going to go with Jay White because every time he says something, it comes true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if you're going to carry that storyline through, I can see Jay White winning that match. I'm not so sure he's going to be champion by the end of night two, however. But yeah. I do it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Right, then we move on to night two of Wrestle Kingdom, which opens with a tag match. And it's Jushin Liger's second of his retirement match. Or we say his actual retirement match. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger and Naoko Seno with Yoshiaki Fujiwara versus Ryu Lee and Hiromo Takahashi. Did, did we uh, miss a match? Oh, uh, no, we didn't. With Okada and Nabuji? Oh, yeah, we did miss a match. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The main event of Wrestle Kingdom <laughs> on the 4th of January, which I should have remembered, for the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, Kazuchi no, Championship, the current champion and perhaps greatest IWGP Heavyweight Champion of all time. Kazuchi Kurikada versus Kosha Bushi. What did you think of this one, Marcus? As long as I've known you and, and, and done these shows with you uh, and watched New Japan, like even more so than Jay White, like betting against Okada is like just betting against the house. <laughs> it is never good. <laughs> it's wrong, but it's ah. Um, this match in particular. I, I got to go, even even against my better judgment, I, I got to go with Ibushi. Um, just because, like I said, that, that storyline has been building from all the way from when Omega was there and he was champion. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like there's, there's just been this this, this thing that's, that's been building for Ibushi. And, um, you know, it's been a long time coming. I mean, it, it was just, I mean, I, I remember it was a story of whether or not he commit 
the, the new Japan that he finally did and, and taking upon himself to really say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna stay here and I'm a, I'm a, you know, achieve glory. And then obviously when Omega left, there's no time like the present for him to finally do that without anything hindering him. And I think, you know, we, I mean, we've seen Okada can be beat, you know, shout out to Sonata getting that great victory. Um, but I think, I think Ibushi can pull this out. You know, like, like I said, I know being against Okada is, uh, almost feels like like the new newest deadly sin, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I got I gotta I gotta go here with my heart and go with Abushi. I'm kind of obviously I'm Kazuchi Okada's fan and I'm a chaos guy, but I am wondering if they give Coach Abushi the shot and he takes the whole enchilada and how much that gets him over as a massive superstar in Japan. You know, you're on to next level if he wins both nights. So I. It's difficult to call, but Akkad is the master. He's the person who's not ready to hand the torch over yet. It's going to be an absolutely phenomenal match. But I kind of erring towards Akkad. I don't know. I mean, like the the most cinematic thing is for Ibushi to put it all on the line on the Saturday night and then take the main event on the Sunday night. And just as he's bringing it up off his knees and his music hits, there's Kenny Omega at the end of the island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it'd be like that would be uh, that would be stunning. I don't know if they could pull that off, but they haven't got a working agreement. But John Moxley seems to have time. But uh, that would be so perfect, wouldn't it? And, yeah. And okay, I'll be honest with you. The reason why my mind flicked to that was because Kenny Omega did an interview last week and went out of his way to explain how he's sad to be missing Wrestle Kingdom this year and not working this year. And that made me go, hmm. And maybe I'm reading things into it. Maybe it's just, just him actually. It's like, yes, I'm sad to be not be working with my friends this year. But, you know, just makes you think, doesn't it? I mean, it, it really would be literally one of the most perfect full circle things because, I mean, I mean, they told a story. He couldn't even really get in the position to find a top old card until he got, you know, just kind of blocked everything out and just had a bushy in his corner. Yeah, so you know to turn that around with everything that's happened from him finally toppling to to his reign and now going on to something else to be there when his, you know, um, you know best friend in, in Ibushi, you know, finally attains that goal. I mean, specifically after I mean I remember that earlier. I don't know if it was this year or last year when he, uh, I think it was at a con or something. And he got emotional about um, saying that if if he he could have asked Ibushi to come to AEW and. Uh, he would have, but he wanted him to, you know, stay there and and attain, you know, the the, the gold and the, the goals that he's wanted to do, and you know that they had to do that separate. But that really would be again one of the feel good moments of the year, and really just bringing both their things full circle in terms of New Japan. Yes, we will see. Anywho, right, then, we move on to night two on January the fifth. Jushi Thunder Liger, Nikki Sano. Accompanied by Yoshiaki Fujiwara of the Fujiwara armbar, except of course he just calls it an armbar. Uh, versus <laughs> Ryu Lee, or as we know him, Dragon Lee. That's the new name for Dragon Lee, as he no longer works with CMLL, who did copyright that name. Uh, and he's tagging with his longtime frenemy, Hiromu Takahashi <laughs> of LIJ. <laughs> um, yes, uh, well, you know, last time that these two wrestled each other. Uh, someone ended up with a broken neck. And um, Hiromu said, I will miss you. I loved you when he went to hospital. So, <laughs> so they, they are quite close in a Killing Eve kind of way. Um, but yeah, Liger and Sano, that should be an interesting matchup. Fujiwara was, of course, very influential on Jushin Thunder Liger as a rookie because Fujiwara was the head of the New Japan Dojo at the time. Yeah, I mean, this this is another one of those instances. Like I said, this is... Uh... This is literally his retirement match, isn't it? So, um, you know, again, uh, just draw for that alone. But, you know, I think um, Ryu and, and Takashi, I mean, who's not a fan of Liger, but specifically these two guys, you know, big fans of, of Thunder Liger. I mean, even even just the concept of, of Lee and Takashi teaming seems awkward, but it pales in the shadow of what's um, the bigger picture, which is, you know, this being Liger's last match. So it's just cool that they're getting to participate uh and and you know uh, really again you know send like off in a, in a in a cool way. And it's cool that he's allowed them to, to participate in this last match. So 
I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they, you know, do here. I'm not used to seeing a lot of uh, Sano, but um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this match. Yeah, Nikki Sano um, is a wrestler slash martial artist, so I've got a feeling it's going to be interesting watch watching them like go at it together against like the two state of the art aerial flyers in professional wrestling today. It'll be interesting to see, certainly. And then we have all the championships in the world and then some more from other companies as well. The first of which is Bullet Club, Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo defending the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships against Sho and Yo of Chaos. Marcus? Yeah, I got to go with uh, Bullet Club. Um, it's been cool to see you know, how Sho and Yo has improved and, and uh, been, been consistent, but... Uh, Huge Ishimori fan, and uh, El Fantasmo has grown on me as well. And uh, yeah, I just want to see those guys uh, continue their run. You know, not no shot at Rapunk, but we we've seen them uh, before um, do their thing. Um, and it, again, this is going to be a, a great match. But uh, yeah, I gotta I gotta add with uh, Bullet Club. Of course, it could go the other way, but uh, I'm I think I'm gonna stay with Bullet Club for this. I'm gonna go three K because this is their territory. I think. All right. Sorry. Yeah. I think this is their territory, and I think this is where they're going to pick up their championships again. But that's just me, I think. Right then. Next matchup Zack Sabre Jr. defends his undisputed British Heavyweight Championship against Sonada, Suzuki Gun versus LIJ. What about this one, Marcus? Again, uh, some of these things are just kind of betting against house money when it comes to this British Heavyweight Championship. Zach Sabre Jr. You got to go with Zach. Um, this is this is he's like you know Okada with the the, the heavyweight straps. Um, and the only time he's dropped it has been kind of feels like for the last few years between between just two men exclusively Hiro, uh Tanahashi and Ishii. Um, and as much as I love Sonata, uh, um, they can't consistently give him good the great things. In terms of us, like, oh, yeah, they gave Sonata. The, 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 they let him. They let him have it. So, um, we we got him beating <laughs> Okada this year and having another great stretch of matches with Evil, and that might be about where it stops. It's just hard because Zach, he just has such a a a Python's uh, hold on this uh, on this heavyweight championship. It's hard to see him ever really dropping it. I kind of agree. But I kind of think in Sonata wins this one purely on the grounds that it would be something different. And Sonata is massively popular in the UK because he had such a run with the Impact Wrestling. I think that's kind of still ingrained into what people think of Sonata here. Um, and he's LIG is a very kind of ethereal kind of hipster outfit that kind of matches the UK wrestling fans' outlook. But we'll see. Let's see what Rev Pro does. Rev Pro, what your call today didn't draw. Apparently, looking at pictures, there wasn't that many people there, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of looking at maybe uh, someone was mentioning maybe Fight Club Pro is the biggest promotion in the UK now, which should be interesting because Fight Club Pro is by far the most creative promotion in the UK. Um, Progress Wrestling today went to Sheffield. I'd normally be at that show if it was in Sheffield. However, I'm really ill. I think Cy went. Um, so I wasn't there today. Uh, which is a real shame because Mako Satmora defended her idol, uh, Progress Championship against Ginny, which is one of my favorite, two of my favorite wrestlers, and I'd love to have seen that. But there you go. These things happen. It's Christmas. What can you do? All right, then. We'll move on to the next match, which is for the IWJP United States Heavyweight Champion. Whoever is champion out of John Moxley and Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong? No. <laughs> Lance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> will wrestle Juice Robinson? who may be IWGP Tag Team Championship champion. Either way, both of them will have been through a war before they get to this point. So who's going to win this? Because I think it depends on whether Archer or Moxley wins on the night before. They're getting the money out of the people anyway. Yeah, they really are. I, uh, I also have to stay consistent after my picks. Are, I had picked um, Lance for this one. Um, and like I said, this stores with both of these. Um uh, Probably uh, more extensively between Moxley and Robinson because I think Moxley holds two for sure definitive cl- two victories over Robinson. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's definitely some payback to be gotten there, but there's also some thorough payback with Archer and Robinson because Archer basically ragdoll Robinson to get that championship. 
um it felt like and uh it'll be it, you could you could almost tell a um a little bit of a David Goliath story because all Archer does feel like this just this behemoth uh, and Robinson is like the ultimate underdog um just comes off so naturally like that but uh yeah uh, like I said that's stay consistent so Archer versus Robinson um and it's for the victor like I said this could this could be huge for Robinson I know I, I, I cut off Moxley from getting the championship, but I could easily see them um, having Robinson get the victory some kind of way. You know, we've seen Juice pull off some miracles on Main Street before, so. I think it'd be really interesting because Moxley, sorry, Robinson could be double champion at the end of that evening. Exactly. To challenge the other double champion in the company at New Beginnings. I think that'd be a really interesting kind of, you know, um, maybe not put the U.S. title, and well, I can't put the world tag title, but, you know, two belts versus two belts would be a really interesting main event for new beginnings without giving away the house I think it'd be really cool to watch um, but we'll see I'm kind of thinking maybe I'm kind of thinking maybe Juice wins this even if they win the tag team titles the night before I think it could be really interesting either way yeah. anyway next matchup will be Kenta versus Roki Goto for the Never Openweight Championship I wonder if Katsuyori Shibata is going to make an appearance in this match mm-hmm. I think so and I think that Goto still going to lose anyway what are your thoughts? Yeah, same. Uh, yeah, uh, they. I think that's probably one of the most appealing aspects of this match for a lot of people's uh, potential Shibata. No headbutt, Shibata, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, just straight kicks, chops, and what have you. Um, but yeah, uh, for me, uh, like I said, we definitely could get a Shibata thing uh, show appearance here. Uh, but I, I still got everybody knows. Uh, <laughs> On the loudest fan in the Goto fan club, but I got him losing here um, because, and I think like you kind of alluded to earlier with Osprey, I kind of wanted to move on to something else. It kind of seems like um, Goto with this Never Overweight Championship, they're like kind of like old reliable for each other at this point. Yeah, yeah. And I, w- I would kind of like to see him move on to something else, and I think this is a, a great spot and a great uh, championship for Kenta to have, not only because of the style he's developed, but... Um, you know, Kenta dropped this this great video. I think it was on social media talking about how, like, a year ago around this time, he was barely um, having four matches. Now he's had however many, close to twenty, if not more, in a month. Yeah, and that's all he wants to do. That's all he's ever wanted to do is is, is show and prove and show how good he is and and be consistent. Specifically, when he got sidelined with those injuries um, on his excursion, if you will. So. Yeah, um, yeah, this is a feel good moment for him. It's been really cool seeing him come back to New Japan and, and do his thing. And uh, I think we could continue to see him as never overweight champion, like you said. Um, if he's uh, this whole thing is potentially maybe something down the line with Shibata, we don't know, but uh, yeah, that's I think that's where the money is. No shot at Goto, but I think it's kind of time to move on to some uh, some other pastures, right? Yes, I completely agree. But I think I can't see anyone but Kenta winning this match, I have to say. Yeah. Next after that will be the loser of Okada versus Ibushi versus the loser of White versus NATO. So we can't really say an awful lot about that match. Nor the main event, the IWGP heavyweight champion versus the IWGP intercontinental champion, because that's to be decided as well. But let's have a quick chat before we go on to the last match of the card that's been announced about the whole overall concept of the title versus title match. Do you think it's going to be where the Intercontinental Championship gets defended separately, or are they going to become a unified championship? What's your thoughts on this whole concept, and what do you think it will do for New Japan? Man, unified. I don't know if I could go so far as to see unified, because uh, I just feel like New Japan has done such a, a great job um, at having as many titles as they do and keeping them all relevant. Um, maybe some more so than others. Um but they've done a great job at keeping, you know, uh, them them more relevant than we've seen. I think a lot of times in in, in a lot of other companies, um, and that, they could easily unify. Uh, but uh, just 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 so much great lineage uh, between the two championships separately. I don't know if I could go that far yet. Um, yeah, that's, so that's probably where I'm at with it. Um, but who knows? It's just so much new territory. I mean, just in the last. Uh, however many years we've just seen so much growth with New Japan and obviously they're continuing their uh, their expansion over here so anything could happen but 
you know, those two are the gold standard titles uh, for me when it comes to New Japan. So I don't, you don't find it. I just, I can't see it. Obviously, anything could happen, and that might be the direction they're trying to go because I, they haven't really ever done anything like this before, have they? No, no, not for a long time anyway. So, yes, this is, can be very interesting. And to, but, I mean, whoever is it is going to have to have one of two Tokyo domain events, the most insane cardio matches of the year because they'll probably both go 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, going to have to wrestle full tilt for 80 minutes. And I kind of think Okada, I think if it plays on Okada winning the first one because he's the guy and the guy's got the timing and the poise to be able to do it. Yeah. He is a cardio machine. He can go on forever. Jay White can, doesn't have to wrestle for 40 minutes to make 40 minutes interesting and neither does NATO. So they're all well qualified to do it. Um, so, yeah, I think it makes it very interesting to see because it's like, from a booking point of view, I want a card in both matches. From uh, a storytelling point of view, I want a card in both matches, but I also want NATO in both matches. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah it, it's really interesting. It kind of blows up. We don't know what's going to happen because this is, yeah. this is completely yeah. new and completely different. It's, it's funny because we've seen all four guys face each other one way or another um, several times, but I think for me more so is like, the story of, and again, not to cut a cut off at the knees because he is the GOAT, but like the, the, the story of NATO has to get back here and Colt is trying to get here for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And and just, and just and telling that story. So like I said, it, we could go either way. It's hard to predict right now. All we are sure of is we're going to get some some thoroughly uh, great matches. Um, you know, I can't wait to see people scurry scurry and uh you know slap at the mouth of that star system <laughs> um but but yeah i mean you know this is this is some really good and cool new territory so um we'll we'll see but this is uh as interesting of a card as wrestle kingdom's been and that's that's saying a lot you know in terms of wrestle king okay then move on to the last advertised match of the weekend which is hiromo sorry not hiromo hiroshi Tanahashi, your ace, the one in a hundred wrestler, against Chris Jericho in a special singles match. I, yeah, it's going to be a big draw, especially for North American fans. The AEW heavyweight champion going against uh, IWG, well, the New Japan's like biggest main draw over the last 15 years. It'll be all right, but it is two guys with a combined age of 90. Mind you, I said the same thing about Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii, but these two ain't Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, <laughs> so, I, it'll be all right. It won't be terrible. I'm not convinced it'll be great. Uh, it'll be interesting. What are your thoughts on this, Marcus? Yeah, I think I'm a little bit more, uh, have a little bit more anticipation for this match than, than James. I know um, you haven't been uh, the, the, the loudest in the Jericho section. As his matches have gone on, and I think he's uh may have or may have not uh slotted down on some off of that DDP yoga in terms of aesthetic, but uh, pies, yes, come yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is a match between two living legends, um, in, in that regard, and uh, it's just gonna be really cool to see, like you said, I'm not, I'm not expecting on those seven star classic out the gate, but they, I mean, these guys are two of the best. You know, and you know, I never doubt Tanahashi. That that is a reference, and don't ever doubt Tanahashi. Um, and no, Jericho's no. really having a career run again. And like you said, the guy, you know, the guys were, you know, uh, either exiting his forties or, or you know entering his fifties. So, um, yeah, it's just gonna be interesting to see what they pull off. You know, this is not for a title. This is just, you know, uh, for namesake, and it's it, it'll be great because, like you said, it feels like every title in the world. Is being defended, so this will be a, a cool uh, match. Um, I'm looking forward to deliver, you know. Uh, so, like you said, for North American fans, this is huge. Um, this will get a lot of eyes because, you know, obviously Jericho is really hot right now. But, uh, yeah, I think I think I have more anticipation for this match than you. But, nevertheless, like you said, it won't be a stinker. We know that. No, I think I was talking with Alex what, earlier in the year, and I just said, I'm over Jericho. I'm just done with him now. <laughs> so, I think this is it. I'm just like, oh, do I have to watch it again? Because <laughs> uh, I, I have been watching him for literally 25 years. And yeah. He is great, don't get me wrong, but I can only put up with him in small doses and I've had far too much of him lately. <laughs> so, 
But there you go. Well, that ends our coverage of the preview of Wrestle Kingdom and our coverage of the World Tag League. Thank you very much for listening today. My name is James Cooper, and you can find me on Twitter at Derek Lonestar. You can find my guest, Marcus Green, at Paradox Kid on Twitter as well. Thank you very much for your time today, Marcus. Oh, man, my pleasure. Always great to I don't have a promo for the powerslam.tv bit because it's somewhere on the other computer. So go to powerslam.tv and subscribe and get a free month of our code for it. What? Um, it should be great. And all of loads of interesting professional wrestling and all sorts of people like Ref Pro and Progress and CZW and the loads of other people. Also, if you go to Indie Empire Magazine, they are our main sponsors and you can go see their magazine, which is uh, currently got the Zack Sabre Jr. on the front cover in the current edition story I wrote about him called Safe Defining Saberism and um, also loads of cool interviews in that as well. So go have a look at that. Be the Noah special next month. That's our Christmas edition. Thank you very much for listening to us today. Oh by the way you should also go by Steel Chair Magazine. There is also in Steel Chair Magazine the hundred greatest professional wrestlers in the world today and I got the lead I got to sorry write the story for number one and I'm not telling you who it is you can go by the magazine and find out who are the 100 greatest wrestlers with some really interesting results because Millie McKenzie is actually higher than a former IWGP heavyweight champion that'll tell you something in other way we think it's Steel Chair Magazine anyway take care I'll see you guys next week bye thank you very much Marcus that was great no man my pleasure yeah that, that was great going through all that, that Wrestle Kingdom is going to be two nights of pure awesome <laughs>